The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The human mind, body, emotions, and spirit are more powerful than anyone can imagine, and we can learn to use them in new and powerful ways to create the life we've always dreamed of. On our program today, with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon, we'll address who you are, how to come to know what you believe and why, how to accept and love yourself, and how you can make changes that help you create the empowered, happy, successful life you want. Now, here's your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon. We're broadcasting from Scottsdale, Arizona, and I am so absolutely delighted to have you with us today, whether you're listening to the li- uh, live show or whether you're listening to it as a download later, I just want to know how very welcome you are. Take a look uh, at the self-improvement blog. I say this every week because you'll find there the bio of our guest, his picture, and a review of his book. So it's always nice to know who our guest is Uh, and have some idea where they're coming from, and you can find some of that on the blog, but I really want you to stay tuned and listen because today we have something really, really interesting. When I was in the eighth grade, we had a fantastic math teacher. We called it arithmetic back then, I have to say. This teacher was fun, and he had a way of making us want to pay attention. He threw things in that weren't specifically about math or uh, about anything we were studying. And I remember that one day he talked about energy. He drew atoms on the blackboard and he told us that energy can neither be created nor destroyed. Now, my little eighth grade mind didn't quite understand that, but it remembered it. That thought stayed with me, even though with all the education that I've had, I didn't encounter this thought again in any meaningful way and now with hindsight that kind of boggles my mind then some years ago when I was learning about spiritual energy I was thinking about what happens when we die I heard that math teacher saying energy can neither be created nor destroyed that included me then I started learning more about quantum physics which gave me more questions than answers today's guest stated my dilemma in the introduction to his first book, Life and Spirit in the Quantum Field, and I will quote it. He says, We have a hard time with spirit in our culture. We have science that tells us that it is not real. We have religion tell us that only heaven is important, and the body and inner experiences we have are not important. And then we have the ongoing fight between science and religion. Through all this, people continue to believe in the existence of a non-material world where spirit and spiritual experiences are real, 
where knowing and action at a distance are possible and even common occurrences. It seems that where what's real depends entirely on who you talk to. I, I've experienced that over my years, and I would guess that all of you listeners have too. Most people today are talking about spirituality, feelings, the paranormal. Look how many programs we have on TV about the paranormal, about healing, and so on. Today we're going to talk about quantum physics and the power and importance of feelings. And yes, of course, we have an expert here to help us do that. Doug Bennett is a graduate of the University of Wisconsin-Madison and has a master's degree in chemical engineering from Carnegie Mellon University. He was a program manager for IBM and now operates as D.W. Bennett, LLC, as a health, wellness, and fitness consultant. We're going to talk about that little transmutation there, migration. He states he has, quote, been a Cartesian, a chemical engineer, a teacher, a software consultant, and an energy and music healer. He is the author of Life and Spirit in the Quantum Field and the newly published From Material Being to the Ground of All Being. Traveling on the Road of Feelings. Excuse my voice, I think it wants to think it still has a cold. It is such an absolute pleasure for me to welcome today to the Self-Improvement Show, Doug Bennett. Doug, welcome. Thank you for having me, Irene. I'm so (laughs) delighted to get to talk about this, especially to somebody who says he was an avowed Head, head person, head man, however you term that. Right. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Who is Doug Bennett? Well, you know, that's a, uh, that's a tricky question. It is, uh, isn't it? That's why I ask it. Uh, growing up, you know, being an engineer and all, I used to answer the question with whatever my, my current job was. Uh, and then I found that that, you know, that wasn't cool. Uh, and besides, people who thought like that tended to die as soon as they lost their job. But then, I, as I got into the the healing stuff, um, I, I heard things about, you know, well, what are we? Well, we are a, a spiritual being having a material existence, or the uh, the uh, the meditation of who am I, where you ask yourself, who am I, and answer it. Uh, repeatedly. Who am I? I'm Doug. No, that's just a name that's given to you. Who is the person that has the name? And so on. And that tends to lead to a, a rather anonymous definition of who I am. You know, I'm, I'm spirit or something. seems that uh, who am I should include something that's un- unique to me. Who am I that's different than, you know, everybody else? So, what of what am I? What of me is different than everybody else? Well, my inner state, all the stuff that I was born with, and all the stuff I've learned, uh, is different than anybody else. Well, how do we know what the inner state is? Well, I don't know, except what we do. So I'm back to defining myself by what I do. So I'll uh, I'll to answer the question. I'll say that I'm a, I'm a person following the path of science and reason to the state of wholeness. And I've learned that 
that path leads through the deep, dark forest of feelings. So there it is. Wow. I think that if I had a trophy, you would get the all-time trophy for the answer to that question. Uh, I thought about (laughs) it, I must say. I had to think about that. You know what? If somebody asked me that question point blank without any preparation, I would have to stumble a little bit before I could answer it. It takes me time because it seems that my definition of me changes. Um, And... Sometimes I have to keep up with it. How did you get into the study of quantum physics, and what motivated you uh, to write about quantum theory and spirituality? I guess my real question is, how did you get from working as a chemical engineer into quantum physics and spirituality? Well, there's uh, a couple of different uh, reasons, I guess, I I could give. Um, the two reasons are one that I was working at at IBM and I was not at all happy I I am not a good big organization person I spent five years there Uh, so this healing stuff was a response to my unhappiness with work the other possibility which my wife reminds me of is that uh, my mother died uh, be- just before I joined IBM, and we don't do feelings particularly in my family. So there was I didn't do anything. There was no grief or any of that kind of stuff. And so another possibility is that I did all this change because of uh, I was uh, looking for a, an outlet for the uh, the unexpressed grief. But in any case, uh, it was while I was working at IBM, oh, I know, I took, uh, I wanted to improve my intuition. And uh, I looked around at things, and it seemed that the energy healers had the most direct and effective way of training intuition. That's what energy healing is, and they do a real good job. So I signed up for a uh, a class in uh, therapeutic touch, which is an energy healing modality uh, mostly used uh, or taught anyway uh, for nurses. Right. And uh, I took those classes, and uh, uh, while I was taking a class on uh, on how to teach therapeutic touch, I met uh, Melinda Gardner, who ran the Music for Healing and Transition program, which trains people to play music at the bedside. And uh, it seemed like she was doing uh, great stuff, and so I I did that program. Uh, I was the only only drummer to go through that uh, program. Most of the people play harps and Yes. Guitars and other such lovely instruments. But uh, so that's, I, I got into that um, partially as, you know, my initial motive was to improve my intuition. Uh, but I got into the quantum mechanics stuff because um, the one I've, I've read 
fringe science my whole life. Uh, ever since junior high, actually, I've been sort of closet seeker of spiritual connection, and my I'm seeking it in fringe science and science fiction, actually. So I it's... I ended up trying to uh, teach people how energy healing works. The how-tos of it. Yeah. Oh, that's And it was actually, it was uh, Lynn McTaggart's book, The Field, which uh, I picked up uh, in our local bookstore, and it brought together lots of the fringe science people that I've been reading for many years and put it together in a nice, in one nice place. And because it was all there in one nice place, I was able to see a way to use that stuff to account for how energy healing works. So still being the scientist, you had to figure out the why of it. Yep. I have figured out, I describe it as how it, the, the, the mechanism of it. See, the interesting thing to me is that as a scientist, which you really were, you know, as a chemical engineer to some point, you're a scientist, that you wanted to know about uh, intuition at all. That, and somebody who comes from a background where feelings weren't okay, you want to know about intuition. That's well, really interesting. I've had this, uh, as I look back on, you know, my life and why I am the way I am and all this. Um, I, I've, I've supposed, although I don't remember anything explicitly, I have supposed that I was a, a very uh, sort of feeling, perhaps even emotional sort of person as a, as a youngster. But no just, feelings allowed was posted but, somewhere but in your mind? But I grew up, right, in this family <laughs> where you just didn't do that, and so... Um, and so it, you didn't on that note it's time for us to go to break when we come back we're really going to get into you know, how you got into writing that first book and, and then about this second one okay. so you know, let's take a break now when we come back we'll talk with Doug Bennett even more so stay tuned your better business achieve that goal make good on that resolution the voice america empowerment channel it's your world motivate change succeed when you think of inspiring women who comes to mind is it a visionary like oprah winfrey political or legal figures like hillary clinton or sonia sotomayor or how about entrepreneurial business leaders like meg whitman no matter whom you might be thinking of, make sure to add one more to that list. Deanne DeMarco. She's the host of Today's Inspiring Women. Each week, Deanne turns you on to the next rising star in business and leadership and what their successes and challenges have been. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Voice America Empowerment. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. 
Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to The Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to The Self-Improvement Show. Today we're talking to Doug Bennett who's written a fascinating book called From Material Being to the Ground of All Being, Traveling on the Road of Feelings. I want you to hear that title because we were just talking about how he grew up in a family that you know, basically had no feelings allowed posted somewhere, uh, probably not visibly, but everybody knew. Right. So, Doug, you grew up in a family without feelings or you probably had feelings but weren't allowed to express them and somehow believed that it wasn't okay and it's interesting how long those childhood beliefs stay with us how did you then realize a need to delve into your feelings or to at least acknowledge that they were there and they were okay now how did you come to get so into it that you wrote a, a book about it. Well, it was, uh, I, I remember explicitly how it happened. Uh, I was working on uh, the first book and working on the how uh, healing and then the other paranormal phenomena, phenomena work. And these are all based on things happening at a distance either knowing things or influencing things. And I was thinking about influence. Uh, I had worked out the notion of, of how our, our intelligence, our thoughts and feelings, are actually quantum processes. They're out there in the field. Uh, they're distributed everywhere, which is why all the paranormal phenomena work. But I was curious as to how, how do we do this? How do we exert our influence, I guess, across time and space. And uh, I was familiar with The Secret, uh, the book and the the DVD, uh, which is the law of attraction, basically, on steroids. And it is uh, an enormously popular work. It's sold millions of copies. Yeah. And basically, they, the message there is that if you think about things consciously, that they will happen. You think about them for a couple, three days, and bada-boom, there's, you, you got it. You know, the, the trophy spouse and the big house and whatever it is you want. And how many people are disappointed because it didn't happen? Well, that was, that was what I realized. You know, for all the, the bazillions of people who have, studied the, the secret and you know all the self-help books actually there are not a lot of newly rich people and so I, I thought well you know it's obviously not conscious thought that is, is our influence 
And I thought back about the the uh, my energy healing training, and the message in all of the healing practices is that uh, your conscious mind has to be out of the picture. You have to be centered and deeply relaxed in order for uh, you know in order to do anything. So it it that and, and similar thoughts led me to the notion that, well, it's not our conscious thought, it is some inner belief state that allows us to influence things. And most of the the, the miracles, uh, especially the, the very dramatic ones, occur in very strong feeling states, either with great fear or great uh, religious... Uh, spiritual experience, states a very strong feeling. So I concluded from all that that the means of our connection to the field and the means of our influence is not conscious thought. It is what we call feelings and beliefs. That must have been an interesting thing for you to encounter. Well, it it was. It was. You know, I (laughs) tried to avoid that for a long time, but... uh, there it is. It seems to be the way it works, and uh, and it uh, since since then it's I've elaborated a lot on it, and it's uh, it works. Right? It uh, we can talk, I think, effectively about you know the need <laughs> of of having uh, being aware of and changing feeling states in order to do really most everything. And it's interesting that you say that, you know, we can change our feeling states. How do you differentiate between feelings and emotions? Do you see a difference? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, in, in the, in, I looked them, you know, I looked them up in the dictionary, and they are defined, at least in my dictionary, uh, circularly. One is used to define the other. But emotions are... I'll call them bigger things. They are not necessarily uh, in the body. They're, you know, it's happiness or anger or it's some sort of high-level belief. Uh, feelings uh, always have a, a body sensation component. All emotions have feelings associated with them. I mean, you can, if you're happy you can look and find out where you're feeling happy in your body or if you're afraid or anxious or whatever. You can always find where it is in your body. But the body sensations do, are not in themselves the same as emotions. You can have the same body sensation for two different, very different emotions. Oh, absolutely. And sometimes you get a little twinge and you think, oh, I better pay attention. <laughs> You should pay attention. Something's going to need my attention. It, you, should, you should pay attention, but it's not, I don't think, always immediately obvious what the emotional content or the emotions associated with that body sensation. You, sometimes oh, you have I to work agree. You have to pay attention, and the more, and we talk, we'll talk about awareness as we go on, but the more aware you are of yourself and your reaction and your body and everything you can be aware of the easier it is to figure it out. But how did you come to realize that those feelings were important 
to you who lived in your head? Um, I guess it was because I, I realized that the, the source of our power, uh, and it's subtle power to be sure, but the source of our power, the way we know things and the way we influence things is through our, our feeling state. But also, I, I read um, about uh, emotional stuff or feeling stuff in regards to even simple, uh, simple choices. There was some research about things, you know, doing brain scans while people were deciding to pick up a pencil. And the, the feeling centers, the emotional centers became active first. The motion planning centers became active and then, finally, the, the verbal uh, centers became active. So by the time you said, I need a pencil, uh, you were already reaching for it. The decision had already been made in your feeling state. That's Things really like that pointed to, uh, it's really feelings that drive our behavior even. You know, I, we've been talking about driving our our connection across time and space, but it's really feelings that drive our behavior. And so if you're shutting those feelings out, you only have your mind to direct you. Well... Which doesn't always direct you in the right direction. Well, I think if you you shut them out, you you can't shut them out. Our, Our behavior, I believe, is always driven by our feelings. But if you aren't aware of them, then they're liable to do things that uh, you don't like, that are not helpful. Uh, and uh, I, the example I always use is a number of very well-known, usually men, uh, figures who have you know positions of great power, they've got lots of money, they have a, a nice spouse, and they go off and do these really stupid things. Uh, Mark Samford of South Carolina is a fine example. Uh, who? Oh, yeah. I, I, it took me a minute to connect who Mark Sanford is. He was, he was go, not governor. He was what, a senator? I think, I think he was governor. Uh, I live in North Carolina. He was Carolina, a politician. He was a big politician in South Carolina who used campaign money to go see his his lover in, in Rio, Peru I think. or something. Yeah. While claiming he was hiking on the Appalachian Trail, and it cost him his job and his his marriage. Uh, I understand he's back now, but but people, you know, nominally intelligent, rational people do these goofy things. Uh, they're not being directed by their you know, their consciousness. They're being directed by something very different. But they're not aware of it, so it uh, they can't deal with it effectively. And so they end up doing these goofy things. Let's talk just a bit about the title of your book. You, your, your book is material, from material being to the ground of all being. What do you mean when you call us material beings? Well... The, the normal, uh, the model of, of, of 
people that I grew up with was that that we are material beings um, living, you know, this material life. And as material beings, we are not connected to anything unless we, you know, go talk to somebody or call them on the phone. Uh, if there is a God, then God is far away and not at all related to, you know, material me. So that's what I mean by material being. So it's a Cartesian it's a very idea Cartesian. of who we are. Yes. And there, from there came a lot of problems. It's time for us to take a break. When we okay. come back, I want to talk much more about this idea. So, you know, we'll be back in just a moment with more from Doug Bennett. So please stay tuned. We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. Have you ever noticed that sometimes life just feels easier, especially when judgment of you or anyone else ceases to exist? What if you could function from that space all the time? What if gratitude is the key? Every time you are grateful for someone or something, a new universe opens up. What difference can you create in your life and the world from the energy, space, and consciousness of gratitude? Join us on Access Consciousness Presents Beyond Saying Thank You every Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Are you ready to move to your next level? Listen for Empowering Women, Transforming Lives with host Rebecca Hall Greider. Each show will focus on a central topic with discussion, guests, and your questions being featured. Our show is perfect for women who feel a call in their heart to step out in a bigger, more powerful way in their life and just need some encouragement, inspiration, and practical steps to support them on their journey. Empowering Women, Transforming Lives can be heard live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Empowerment. Every one of us confronts challenges that rock our world to the core, making us confused and disoriented, not knowing which way is up. On The Mother Rising, host Margaret Jacobson will nourish that spark that enlivens. You will be both empowered and inspired to create the changes leading you on your path to your own true freedom. Discover your worth and what you are capable of. Tune into The Mother Rising every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel, voiceamericaempowerment.com. You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to The Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to The Self-Improvement Show. My guest today is Doug Bennett. We're talking about his book, from material being to the ground of all being, before uh, the subtitle you need to know is traveling on the road of feelings. 
I really recommend you read this book and get his first book first. Um, makes this one much more exciting, although it's a great book on its own. Before we get into this segment, Doug, tell people how they can find your book, how they can find you. Um, the books are available on uh, Amazon uh, in print and Kindle forms. Uh, my website is uh, a longish name. It's Doug Bennett's Quantum uh, Life. Life, yes, thank you. It went away. <laughs> Doug Bennett's Quantum Life dot com. Um, and if you forget that, it's on the self improvement blog. You can find it in and in the information about Doug. You can find the book in the book review. Uh, it, it's an. I think it's an important book, and we're going to talk about why it's an important book. Now, uh, he talks a good bit about quantum physics. He talks a good bit about feelings. And then the crown of anything I've read for a while gives this wonderful practice. Uh, if you have some issues you really need to deal with, I would really recommend you read this and, and read carefully the part about the practice. Doug, tell us about the practice, what what it can what it can help you deal with and how you go about doing it. It's one of the best I've read, especially what you say about awareness. Um, well, let me say that uh, I, I, I've always felt when I figure something out that I should apply it. And so I've figured out that, you know, we can do all this wonderful stuff. Well, how do we get there? And it appeared that all the things we want to learn and change and heal are really changing our feeling state so that a practice, a single practice that helps us address the feeling state uh, should be helpful no matter what we're doing, whether we're healing a disease or learning to play piano or, or anything in between. But then you know, since, since I finished the, the Material Being book, I, uh, I've learned some more and I've, I've messed up my rather neat and tidy view of things. <laughs> okay. And I love I, it when that I, happens. What I did was I picked up uh, a book that I read a long time ago, uh, and I liked it at the time, but I hadn't looked at it for a while. And this was Peter Levine's book called Healing Trauma. Levine is, has uh, 30 years' experience in, in treating trauma. And unresolved trauma, and these can be from a physical, a physical threat or from just something that was embarrassing or, or shameful. We all, we've all had them, uh, traumatic experiences. But what trauma does is, if we don't resolve it, messes with our reality so that we will repeat the same experience again and again, each time hoping that we will do what we need to do to resolve the trauma. And we usually don't, so we end up repeating it again and again. So this, uh, this and this, this struck me as being you know, blindingly true, 
classic example, the most tragic example, is abused women who uh, go back to their abuser again and again. It's just, it's tragic. It's, it's, you know, it's awful. But they and do. And not uncommon. Very common. It is normal. Uh, the director of our local women's shelter said that on average, abused women go back to their abusers eight or nine times. Oh. Why would they do that? Well, the reason is that they are working on unresolved trauma. And the trauma was their first, their first occurrence of abuse. So Which may have been their father. Anybody, whoever it was, yeah. they, they had a traumatic experience, uh, and it was an unresolved, because animals have traumatic experiences too, but they know enough to resolve it. We don't. So we keep doing this stuff. So the practice part has become a little messier because I now recognize that for all those things that we do, that we keep doing, that are patterns in our lives that don't come out right, that make us feel bad, these are probably unresolved trauma. And it's really hard to change that without addressing the trauma. And Levine has a, has a practice for doing that. Uh, his book, Healing Trauma, is a... Uh, Sounds True book. It's got a CD in it. It's got a you know twelve step program for dealing with it. It's very nice. Uh, but the it now appears that the the practice when we when we undertake a practice to change our feeling state, which is really changing our reality, uh, we really need to be aware of trauma, and if we have experiences that we keep repeating that don't come out right. Um, we really need to, uh, I think, explicitly address the trauma issue. Um, Can't you do that with the system that you've outlined in your book? It seems to me that even a serious trauma could be grappled with and resolved. Maybe if it, Maybe you need somebody to help you. But well, the, for, for many of them, can't they deal with it using your system? Because your system seems so solid. I think um, now I would I would say that I think you can deal with it, you know, yourself. And that's what uh, Levine's book Healing Trauma is is about. It's a self help stuff. But I would change. I would add that we need to explicitly do some visualizations and some feelings work uh, and some some movement to explicitly resolve the trauma. And Levine's, Levine's approach is what he calls somatic experiencing. It's not talk therapy. It is all in the body, which is wonderful. Um, and can't that be incorporated as a yeah. part of your, yeah. Yes, it can, but I would use, I would, I would describe it a little differently now. Okay, let's say I'm an I'm an abused woman, and I've gone back and back and back, and you know I finally realize it's time to make a move and do something. What would you tell me then? How would you describe what what you have that could help me? Um, what would you tell me to do? I guess I would 
tell you to make make up a story about escaping from your abuser. And all of this is a reaction to that first that first traumatic experience, but the body keeps recreating these experiences. So any of the recreated experiences would be an okay target, an okay thing to work with. But the the thing that that animals do is they act out the successful escape from their threatening situation. Uh, so I would suggest a a visualization where you get out, where you you know beat them up or successfully run away or something where you escape successfully that appears to be the the critical step and you can do that in a in a visualization and preferably with some some uh, movements the movement part seems to be important so uh, sort of act it out as you do the visualization I can see that that could be very powerful. Would they do the the self-awareness piece that you have outlined in the book? Because I think that's really powerful. Well, I think the, the awareness is, is really an important prerequisite because you won't undertake uh, any, any, any practice at all until you are aware of and accepting of your current condition. You can't, you know, you can't cure a disease until you're aware that you, you have it. And in terms of abuse, so many women are in just in denial that they are being abused. That it, it may take something rather dramatic to help them become aware that oh, yeah. this is not normal living. Now this, now you know, abuse is is really heavy stuff, and I would be. Uh, Reluctant, if not irresponsible, to suggest that you know really heavy stuff you can do by yourself. Right, you sometimes need help, but let's say, oh, something else. I have a fear of cats, or well, I don't have a fear of cats, but I can't even imagine that one. Well, but, but now, you mentioned a fear of speaking or a fear of now, fear of speaking. Now, fear of speaking, you know, could be just a normal normal phobia. But if you, if you put yourself in a situation where you have to speak repeatedly and you feel bad every time, now that begins to sound like uh, a traumatic experience. And so, so then you would need to go back and work on... Then you on... might want to you know, either invent or... Uh, work through the experience of, you know, the last time, say, that you were, you had to get up in front of people and talk. Uh, it would be a, an appropriate thing to do. Now, a lot of us have, you know, minor hang-ups. Uh, my hang-up, for example, is, is uh, promoting myself. I don't do a very good job of it. But I realized relatively recently, that throughout much of my career, I have put myself in situations where I have to do exactly that. 
and it usually doesn't work very well, and I end up feeling bad. And so I, when I was, you know, I'm working with this daughter, look at that. I've done that much of my life. I could have, you know, the responsible thing to do would be to say, oh, I don't do promotions very well, so I should, you know, I should get hire somebody or get a partner or something to, to do that. But I never did that. I always tried to do it myself. Hmm. <laughs> That's interesting because my mind is associating that with not being able to have feelings, and um, you know, that may not have anything to do with it, but it seems that you were prohibited a number of things, and talking good about yourself may have been one of yeah. them. Yes. But the- On that little note of talking good about ourselves being important, it's time for us to take a break. Okay. When we come back, we're going to talk just a little bit more about this whole thing of feelings and how you can use them in your own powerful way. We'll be back in a moment with more with Doug Bennett. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. It's time to access your magic. Tune in each week to Living in the Magic of Possibilities with your host, Glenice Hughes. Our topics cover finances, personal health, business, relationships, mediumship, and so much more. If you want to access all that is possible in your life, listen to Glenice and her expert guests who've turned the impossible into the possible. Living in the Magic of Possibilities is heard live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Every one of us confronts challenges that rock our world to the core, making us confused and disoriented, not knowing which way is up. On The Mother Rising, host Margaret Jacobson will nourish that spark that enlivens. You will be both empowered and inspired to create the changes leading you on your path to your own true freedom. Discover your worth and what you are capable of. Tune into The Mother Rising every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to The Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Doug Bennett, who's the author of this wonderful little book called From Material Being to the Ground of All Being, Traveling on the Road of Feelings. I recommend that you get it. Um, Doug, you make this statement. I really want you to speak to this. It is feelings and not reason and logic that are the source of power in our universe that sort of undoes a lot of teaching that we grew up with talk about this well it it certainly does uh i grew up you know valuing reason and and logic and all but 
it really appears to be uh, from you know the the mother who who picks the car up off her child uh, to the various religious miracles and even to, to energy healing and stuff. It is our feeling state that is how we we influence the universe. And we it do seems to turn it. our educational system upside down. Well, it, 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 uh, it should. It would be great. Yeah. Uh, Keep going on. The, you were starting the universe. I'm sorry I interrupted. Um, but it is how we, we influence things. And if there's ever a, a conflict between our, our conscious verbal thoughts and our underlying feelings, the feelings always win. Uh, New Year's resolutions are, are kind of a joke, just saying New Year's resolution, because people think they want to do this thing, and they never do, because, not because it's not a good thing to do, but because their feeling state hasn't changed. So it's always uh, our deepest beliefs and feelings that drive our, our whole lives. So you're saying a deep belief is much more than just something in your head that you've ascribed to. Yes. And it is, you can go looking for, um, for those feelings. The practice that I really like is, is called focusing. Uh, Eugene yes. Gentlin developed it, and it is uh, based on Gentlin's observation that there was no, that psychotherapy was not, effective unless the client was engaged with his or her body and body sensations. It's like the alcoholic saying, I can't wait to get out of AA so I can go get a beer. Right. If you don't address those feelings, nothing works. And so many people don't know how to do that. Well, and it's, you know, it's not popular. Uh, you know, bodies are you know unless you're looking at them or something. Bodies are not uh, are not popular subjects here in uh, Western culture, heavily influenced by Augustine and the the other ascetics and such. It's just well, when when the church separated our bodies from our spirits, it made a lot of ripples all the way down, and, oh, yeah. and we haven't recovered from that. We're, we're we're working on it, and there's a lot. We're of, working on it. It's better. Things going on, but you're right. It's still uh, you can scare a lot of people away by saying, "Well, let's look at our feelings." Uh-huh. You have another statement that I I just I love it, uh, but it will kind of curl the hair of some people if if they when they hear it. You say we have great power in the universe. But the means of assessing that power is blocked by the materialistic life model and by patriarchal culture. (laughs) Talk a little bit about that. Well, um, the notion that we have power or that we are gods uh, is is a very old idea, but it is not at all popular. Uh, Oh, no. uh, Some places... You know, I, I say that, and I get a bunch of nods, but um, it is not a popular idea. But it is, you know, near in, in this, all this stuff I figured out, it, it is absolutely true. We are 
we are of God. There is only one, which is the intelligent quantum field, and uh, there's only one because of a rule in quantum mechanics, uh, but it's, there is only one, and we are very much a part of it. But that's, you, you can't sell, you know, you can't sell memberships in churches uh, with that kind of idea. No, so you it can't. doesn't. It's not popular. But it, it, it that's the way it is, and uh, we really ought to uh, acknowledge that. I think. And, uh, so, how could we go about changing the emphasis from pure intellectual achievements to a more balanced life of? Yes, absolutely, using the intellect, but also using the emotions and developing them and becoming not only aware of them, but aware of how we can manage them. Well, you know, I've I've thought about that. Uh, You know, I could save the world with this stuff. It's, you know, it's, well, the, the fact is that it's, it's difficult to get other people to change. And really, the only thing we can change is ourselves. But having said that, when we change ourselves, we change everything else. Yes. And so the 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 way to save the world is to save yourself. I couldn't um, agree more. Um, how you go about doing that saving of yourself well, is another whole. Story. The, the short answer, though, is I think awareness and acceptance is where it's at. And, and if people can just get the courage to look at it straight on, instead of saying, "Well, I, I was—that's what I was taught. I'll always think that way. I can't change. It's too scary." You know, take a look at it. It could be really nice. You know, in the but in the deep scary. end of the pool. It is scary uh, because our inner state is our reality. And any change to our inner state is changing our reality, which is almost always scary. Uh, so it's 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 you know it's not a it's obviously not a, not a, a simple task because so so many people uh, have such a hard time doing it, even when they try. Well, it, it is it is scary and it is hard, but there's so much more out there now. In terms yep. of help to help you along the way, there are a lot more people talking about these things and opening up to these things. Uh, so you know we're not quite alone. I nope. hate to say this, Doug, but we're right up to the end of the show. Okay. What's the thought you'd like to leave with our listeners today? Uh, we really are gods. We really can live like a benevolent God, on one hand. On the other hand, uh, our material upbringing makes it hard. So the work we have to do is to change our inner state, and it's worth doing, uh, so keep at it. And it's actually a lot of fun along the way. It can be, yes, indeed. Um, still have to do the work. 
You still have to do the work. Doug is the author of two books, Life and Spirit in the Quantum Field. And um, from (laughs) I lost my book. From Material Being to the Ground of All Being, Traveling on the Road of Feelings, I recommend that you take a look at them both. Next week's guest is Doug Carlin. I just changed her name. Is Deb Carlin, a psychologist who's going to be talking about how you can build a personal blueprint for your life. Doug, thank you so much for being with us today. Absolutely loved it. This is Irene Conlon and my guest Doug Bennett saying thank you so much for being with us today. Come back next week for more of the Self-Improvement Show. Thank you again for joining Dr. Irene Conlon for the Self-Improvement Show. Please listen again next Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Remember that improvement out there starts in here.